Hello everyone, my name is Sarah Langstrad. I'm Miss Earth the Netherlands and this is my interview with the pageant project. Good morning to all our Dutch viewers. It's evening, as I've discussed with Satya over here in <laughs> Australia. My special guest for today is Satya Langstraat, who is Miss Earth Netherlands 2021. Satya, welcome yes. to the show. Hello, I'm so happy to be here. Thank you. Uh, you are my first Dutch interviewee. Really? Um, Yes, I, I was in the press conference for Miss Earth last year when your predecessor, Tessa, she was on, but I, I didn't get to ask her a question. So I'm counting you as the first Dutch uh, interviewee. How do I say hello in Dutch? What's a Dutch greeting? It's actually really easy. It's just hello. So oh. it's <laughs> Dutch and English, they're not much alike, but that one word is almost the same. So. Just say hello, okay. or if you want to say, say, how are you? Who has it? Oh, I can't. We have, a, we have a really strong G, like the, it's a like it, that you basically use it in every word. Who has it? I'd like to I see a try. Like if I, well, if I feel like if I did that, I'd end up spitting everywhere. I don't think anyone <laughs> wants this. I don't think anybody wants to see that. Um, but Satya, I have to start by your dress, the color. It's amazing. Thank um, you. Now I've, I've been doing my little bit of research, and I know that you're very much an advocate of sustainable fashion. True. So wh why don't we start with that? In fact, um, I'll bring up your Instagram reel in a <clears> second, the one that showed you actually sewing. But did you want to tell people, let's start with the easy question. How did you get involved in pageantry to begin with? Let's start there. Well, I guess it's safe to say I'm a pageant newbie. So um, I started back in 2020 for my regional pageant, which finally led to Miss Earth in the Netherlands. Um, I got a message from Miss Teen of Zuid Holland from 2019. And Zuid Holland is the province that I live in. And after you win the province, you go to the national contest. Mm -hmm. And she sent me a message basically saying, this really suits you and maybe you would like to join. And I thought, why not? I still have a dress in my closet. And that was the first thought I had. Oh, I finally get to wear the dress. And um, basically, after that, it just got so, um, it just really matches me. And um, I learned so much from it. And my family, everyone's been so supportive. And they said, this is like, you were born for this. This is something so you. So it's just, everything came so naturally. I watched your um, the interview. You were on with uh, Marissa, who's a Miss Earth USA, and I'll be interviewing Marissa next week, and I, I know her, and two of the other ladies. And I have to say, I never would have guessed that you were a pageant newbie. Never. <laughs> never? You... No, no, I mean, I mean I'm going to ask a silly question probably, but in the Netherlands, English is not the first language, is it? It's Dutch. That's true. Yeah, it's Dutch. So not many people speak English that well. 
Um, but I had uh, international schooling, so to me it came really easy. And uh, I guess that's that it's always been of good use to me um, to speak English that well. <laughs> it's going to be very useful for your pageant career, more so than Dutch, um, unfortunately. Yes. But you, you seem to speak very well. You seem to be very at ease. You didn't seem to be nervous at all. So you really did seem to, like, as I said, I would never have guessed you were a newbie. When your family and friends say you were born to do this, what do they mean? Is it the advocacy? Is it that you love to talk? Is it that you love being on stage? You love fashion? Like, which parts are we talking about? I think it's all of the parts you just mentioned, but most of it is just I love people. I love uh, being in contact with people. And um, my mother used to say to me that I have this thing where I can help people reach their highest selves. I really love to bring the best out of other people and to be a pageant queen, like that's what th that's what they do. They, they, they take care of their surroundings. They take care of the people around them. Mm. So that's what I meant when I, was say I said I was born for this. And what part have you enjoyed the most so far? <clears throat> oh, um gosh there's so many parts um the thing about like the, the live like being on stage i love the walking it gives me so much energy especially uh i don't know if you have you seen the national um competition of the netherlands i didn't i didn't see the national mm -hmm. i saw the photos i saw the, oh, i saw okay. your crowning photos <laughs> Well, I love the walking, especially the bikini round. It gave me so much energy and adrenaline, and I, I would love, I, I would love to relive that moment again. But that's like one of the parts that I really like. Um, and right now, I just love that I get to spread my message uh, even more because uh, my audience grew because of this, and um, mm -hmm. I'm so happy for that. Have any parts surprised you? I mean, you said you're a pageant newbie. It's slightly unusual because your Miss Earth is going virtual again this year. Um, so it's not not the typical pageant experience. But having said that, have there been any parts that have surprised you? I think it's um <clears throat> I think it's oh sorry. <clears throat> <laughs> no it's um it's getting really cold in the netherlands and there's like this common cold we always have during this time of year so my voice okay. yes <laughs> but i think uh the thing that surprised me most was the supportiveness um not only international because like every queen we've had conversations through instagram if because it's not in real life um mm. but also during the national competition, there's so much support and I thought there would be so much more, I don't know. Um, not so much I support. There, I thought there would be not so much support, but everyone's yeah. been so supportive and so sweet. And I just, I, I, I've never had such a warm welcome. And um, I, I just love that they are all so nice and everyone truly, wishes for everyone to be at their best and yeah that that's so beautiful to me yeah there are a lot of people who enter pageants um for the first mm. time and are surprised by the fact the other girls for the most part anyway are, are super super nice now as yeah. i said 
I'm going to bring up your Instagram reel. So I'll just show this to everyone, this one of you here in the blue dress. And then after we watch watch through it, then you can talk us through it a little bit as well. But let's have a look first. You definitely know how to sew. So <laughs> yes, I do. Do you, <laughs> you, do you want to tell us a little bit behind the, a little bit of the story? Oh, give me a second. Okay. Um, well, I started sewing when I was, story. oh yeah, I started sewing when I was about 10 years old. Um, so I've, um, my, my mother, she taught me, she used to sew all my clothes for me when I was young. And it gave me such a creative freedom because I got to uh, say, well, I want this and I want this. And she just made it for me. So there were no limits to my closet. Like I could say anything and she would make it for me. And um, when I was about 10 years old, I wanted to try some myself. And uh, it, it was hard. I mean, sewing, it's not the most easiest thing to do. It's like mathematics, but <laughs> but with your hands. Um, and it's just, it's such an, it's such a good outlet for your creativity. Oh, Siri says hi. Um, <laughs> it's such a good outlet for your creativity. And uh, I got to make so much myself. And now I finally got to turn it into a little business. And I got to mix it with my advocacy because I use uh, sustainable fabrics or dead stock fabrics. Dead stock fabrics are fabrics that are used by brands and then they end up having a little bit of leftovers and we don't want to uh, let ah. those leftovers go to waste. So you can order those and you can make something of it. So that's what I usually do. And um, that's uh, I made this dress with a bamboo fabric, which is a mm. really sustainable fabric because it's it lasts you a long time. So it's really firm and uh, I just love the color and I was so happy with the result and yeah. That that's my dress for the talents. <laughs> How long, roughly, does it take from I don't sew, I've never made anything. <laughs> How long, roughly, does it take from beginning when you have the idea and you first start getting the fabrics and cutting, from beginning to end? How long are we talking? Um, it depends. I sometimes like when I start sewing, there's this switch that goes on in my mind, where I suddenly turn like slightly manic and I can't stop before I finish and uh, <laughs> so when I start okay. sewing I just sit behind that sewing machine like okay I want I want this done I want to see it I want to put it on and uh if, if it goes like that I'll be done with this dress within an, like a few hours um <laughs> but a few uh, hours yeah it's, is, uh, that, is that normal that i thought it was going to be a few days at least <laughs> not a few hours yeah. well for this dress that's that's fast but it's it's okay it's doable um but usually a few days it's it's healthy 
Um, <laughs> so I usually, the hardest thing about sewing something is making the pattern because the pattern mm. is what's going to make it successful or not. So I really want to take my time and make sure the pattern is okay. And then I also get to use it for other products that I make. Um, yeah. I have this um, mannequin that I can adjust to size. So I really will just be putting that pattern on the mannequin on and on and like cutting and cutting until it's perfect. And that's, I think the most, I, I think that part takes up the most time. You'll, you'll be doing that for sometimes yeah. a day. Yeah. I, I actually yeah. know a little bit about that because one of my friends, um, she she was a maker. So I know that as a dressmaker's mannequin and I know what you're talking about in terms of you can change the size of it. Um, yeah. But she would always, I'm cur curious about this. I don't know if you do the same way. She would always sketch her patterns out on cardboard first with protractors and rulers and things like that that you've never used in school. And then she <laughs> would cut for this dress here, though, it's not symmetrical, right? It's not both halves are the same. So you've got one one over the shoulder, one under the shoulder, and then you also have a cutout here. So in terms of making the pattern, doesn't that make it a lot more difficult, just the fact that it's not symmetrical? Yes, it does. And this was kind of a guess because I really couldn't tell yeah. with the pattern paper what it's going to be like because the dress itself is really stretchy. So um, it was kind of a guess if if it would turn out right, um, but yeah, I, I just I just cut through it and um, the pattern it was symmetrical at first, but then I just cut it out of the fabric and I was like, okay, well you know what, and it's gone, <laughs> uh, one part. So that's that's the whole. <laughs> um, it, wow. It's also okay. a bit of freestyling to me. Um, that's not always the good thing to do, but in this way, it turned out really well. <laughs> so you've mentioned that you're turning this into your own small business. Um, what what are you looking to do with a small business? Are you looking to grow it? I mean, I know a lot of pageant girls would love to have their own unique gown or national costume. So is it for you going to be just a hobby? Or are you actually looking to grow it and maybe make your business like a full-time career? Yes, I really am looking to grow it. Um, right now, I just have a business of tops and dresses and uh, custom clothing. It's all really inspired by my days as a ballet dancer. So every bit of clothing, it's really comfortable, it's timeless, it's chic, it has the sustainable fabrics, and uh, you can you can move around in it. That's what I thought was most important because that's what I'd like to wear on a daily basis. Um, but right now, because I also study and I also am Miss Earth of the Netherlands, I take things on a really low pace because I don't want to do everything at once, but I really, 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 want to expand this and spread my message uh, for sustainable fashion as well. So I think it's better to do a couple of things and do them well than trying yes. to do everything at once and not doing any of them well. Um, <laughs> yes, exactly. Let, let, let's dig into the advocacy. So how did you come to be so passionate about sustainable fashion? <clears throat> Um, like I said, it started when I was younger. My mother used to sew all my clothing and I really got to um, have that creative 
space to say, I want this and I want this. So when I got older, I really started to explore my fashion sense. And uh, I've always been really um, outgoing in my style. So fast fashion wasn't really it for me because it was just too plain, too basic. And I started looking for um, vintage clothes because vintage mm. fashion, it's so unique and um, extensive. So I, I got, I, I went there and basically I bought all my clothes there or I sewed them myself with my mom. Uh, and only later I found out how important it is for us to really be conscious about our uh, buying behaviors because it really affects the economy and how they again will give us this fast fashion. So that's how it started. And uh, during my journey uh, towards Miss Earth of the Netherlands, I learned more and more about it. And that's when I started to um, come up with my business, my little business of sustainable fashion. Right. And um, during this journey, I um, eventually got to five tips that would help anyone to get a sustainable closet. So my first tip would be look for sustainable fabrics. Don't go for like the plastic fabrics because mm -hmm. those will not last you a long time. Uh, look for fabrics like cotton or linen because those will really last a long time. Second, yeah. try to buy vintage fashion. I know it's really hard for people because once you go into one of those stores, you, you don't know where to look. And uh, that's mm. why I'm here <laughs> because I, yeah, that's why I'm here. I have tips about how, how to approach this and um, to, to look in a vintage store for the right thing. Um, third, look for timeless products. Most products are made on trend and uh, you can only wear them for a few months and then they go out of style yeah. and they'll just hang in your closet forever. And we don't want that. So try to look for things that you can wear on a really lo long basis. Uh, fourth, clothes are meant to fit you, not the other way around. So if you buy something and it doesn't fit all the way, don't go looking for another pair of those jeans that will not fit you in the same way. Just go to the tailor and let them be tailored to your body because everybody is different and we cannot expect clothes to fit perfectly every time so that that's mm. a really important uh, aspect that i really want people to know and fifth um try to look for sustainable brands because they are out there um they might not be as known as the big brands but they're really yeah. good and they have really good quality clothes yeah i i know exactly what you mean about tailoring i don't know about yeah. you but clothes off the rack rarely fit me properly i i have a weird body type very tall i played tennis so my mm -hmm. legs are quite big so nothing ever fits so your tip about tailoring is is well taken i i have mm -hmm. to ask you about fashion hauls right i'm sure oh. you've seen it on instagram and it's this thing where girls and the, the thing is it gets a lot of views and people will get for example a sheen haul or whatever a haul and it's all these clothes and most of the time they're bought because they're on sale and sometimes 
big brands like that say they're ethical or sustainable and then there's the greenwashing problem, right, where they say they're sustainable and then you look at it and they're really not. They're just saying it. Um, how do you feel about fashion hauls? Because I have to say when I looked into it a little bit more and found out how bad some of these brands are, when I see fashion hauls now, I actually get slightly angry. I feel like saying stop doing that. But how do you feel about fashion hauls? Well, you really just hit the spot. That's exactly how I feel. And I have a really outspoken opinion on this. Um, fashion hauls, like when you buy such a big amount of clothes, mm -hmm. um, I don't think you're really, you're really promoting to be stylish. I think you're more promoting to consumerism. Because what I think is stylish is if you buy the one product or maybe two products that you can style in so many ways and look really good yeah. in it. But if you buy so many products, it's not really about the clothes anymore. It's more. It's, it's more about. Buying. It's the buying. You're, you're it's right. about the they yeah. It's about the consumer culture. Yeah, yeah, but that's what the brands really want. They want people to buy a lot of it. And so that's why they maybe promote those uh, huge mm -hmm. fashion hauls, but it's such a waste of clothing because you'll know that they'll never wear all of those. And sometimes if people send clothes back, uh, you know that's the most fast fashion brands. If so, clothes get sent back, the, the clothes are burned. Yeah. Did you know that? It's it's just a really, I, it's such a waste of I didn't of know they would be burnt but i i figured they would be thrown out because it would be more expensive for them to clean them and then put them back on the rack than it would be just exactly. to throw them away because those clothes tend to be they're cheap they're on sale so they're not made of the sort of fabric like not cotton they're normally made of polyester or other yes. weird fabrics that i'm sure when you burn them just smell horrible and probably are toxic um but is, is there any way, I mean, you talked about timeless and I love the idea of going to a vintage shop and finding something that's just timeless. And for myself, the closest example I can think of is I play the violin. I played the violin since I was two oh, and I was, looking at, I was looking at getting a new violin and I went to the local shop and they let me try a violin that was 200 years old. 200 years old like you look inside wow. and you can see the date and you play it and you just feel different because you just start thinking like how many different people have played on this violin so i thought of that violin as just being timeless when it comes to fashion how do you go about finding something that is kind of like that something that is timeless how do you find something timeless versus something you can only wear once and then you're not going to wear it for the rest of your life Oh, that's really difficult um but i think the key is to look for something uh, something that really you like we all tend to go with the trend and think that we like that but really look inside yourself and think okay what do i really like because that's what's what you're gonna wear for the rest of your life um mm. so <clears throat> if you're looking for timeless look for you Look for what you are and what will fit you because that's your timeless. Everyone's timeless is different. So I think yeah. that's really the key here. Uh, let's <clears throat> have a look at another reel. There was another reel that I wanted to have a look at. 
how's your voice going? Mm. My voice like is going okay. <laughs> no, it's actually better. Uh, I was kind of scared that before this interview, my voice wasn't going to get any better because yesterday and the day before that, it was, uh, it 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 was uh, horrible. <laughs> uh, you don't want to be sick at the moment with COVID because if you're sick, yeah. everyone thinks you've got COVID, so you really exactly. you don't want to be sick at all. But it's just cold um, Netherlands. <laughs> oh dear me. Okay, so this one is, do you want to talk us through this video here? Yes, so this is uh, Go Vintage Shopping with me, and I tell a little bit about vintage stores, and oh, here, that's a really fun tip. If you want jeans to fit you, they fit exactly around your neck. Um, so that's a good tip next time you go into a vintage store. What? Because what, I have a lot of difficulty finding jeans. So when you say fit around your neck, what do you mean by fit around your neck? Mm -hmm. If the top of the jeans, so where your waist is, if that fits mm -hmm. around your neck, it's supposed to fit you really well. And uh, usually in vintage stores, they don't really put sizes on the clothes. So you really just yeah. have to figure it out yourself. And this really was a time saver for me. Um, so <laughs> if you'd like to try it, try it. I, I hope it works for you. Um, and what else do we see? I talk about the damages of um, fast fashion and how sustainable vintage clothing is. Um, what else did I talk about? What well, says yes. you started going to thrift shops when you were 12 years old. So for you, yes. I mean, this is not, this is not something you're doing just for the pageant. This is something you've no. been doing for a long time. Yeah, it's really my passion. And the thing about vintage stores is that you never know what you're going to get. It's like a treasure hunt. And I really love that uh, regular shopping is just, to me, it's kind of boring because you go in there and you already know what you're going to get. And here you, you'll never know. You might be looking for a pair of jeans, but you never know what brand or you never know what color. You just know you're going to go for a, a pair of jeans. Um, and if you find something like the thrill, it's amazing. I always have like those really big eyes and they look like, mom, oh my God, look, I got this. And it's such a, it's, it's just such a treasure hunt. And I love that. Do you have any, I don't know if this is possible, but do you have any like favorite pieces that you've ever found? Let, let's say in a vintage shop, are there any things that you found that you just are going to treasure for the rest of your life? Yes, yes. Um, there is this coat that I have. Uh, it's really beautiful. It's embroidered with gold and it makes me feel like an empress. Um, so that's something I will cherish forever and uh, I also got this thing um, long blouse maybe I, I should call it this is also a vintage find and it's just so regal and I love the color and uh, I've been wearing this non-stop um, so that those are the two things that are coming up in my mind right now but there's so many good vintage finds that I have had over the years because I started when I was 12 so um but but these are my current favorites <laughs> it sounds like you could teach people how how to do this and actually yeah. pick up clothing that they really like and they're going to be able to wear for the rest of their lives this this piece that you're wearing now do you have any idea how old it is because the color is amazing i have thank you i have no idea how old it is that's also the the other part that's surprising because sometimes you walk out of the vintage store not knowing 
what you're having in your hands. Mm. I think this, it, it could be, I think maybe from the 80s. I don't know. It's, it's twice as old as you are. It's twice as old as me. <laughs> but I have older clothes. Um, I have this jacket that's from the Navy. It's a sailor's jacket from 1920. Um, yes, <laughs> that's... That's a hundred years old. Yes, it's a hundred years old, and every time I wear it, um, I, it, it's just it, it just feels so weird to wear that you're wearing a piece of history, and it's so mm. that's to me that's so beautiful. And then there's me putting my iPhone in the pocket, and I, I don't know, I, I just it it just feels so weird to do that. <laughs> yeah. It, it's probably a similar feeling to what I had when I was playing that old violin. It it just feels magical in a way that you can't really describe and you just exactly. start thinking about the story you know the story of that jacket or the story of that violin because it's probably seen more than you or I have you know over the last 100 or 200 years but yes. the reason I bring up the color is because if let's say it is 20 30 40 years old most fast fashion and I know this because I've had some cheap clothes in the past especially for tennis um you wear them for a year and the color just decays terribly. Like it, it used to look amazing within a year. It's just gray and looks horrible. But this, yeah. even with a webcam, it's maintained its color really, really well. Yeah. And I can tell you in real life, it looks even better, the color. Um, but really for, uh, for fast fashion, the color, it's almost as if they are designed to wear off um, after a certain period. Um, which I think it actually is, because uh, there are those little tricks in the fast fashion industry. Then you'd have yes, to go and buy more, right? So yes, it would make yes. sense. Yes, exactly. But uh, what I would also advise is just really take good care of your clothes. If you're gonna buy fast fashion, make sure that it'll last you, and you will not <laughs> disregard it. But um, yeah, sadly, there are a lot of fabrics, and also painted in a really bad way, like the the mm. damage the the textile industry does to nature it's bizarre and the fabric painting that's like the, one of the biggest evils in that industry so um and and then to wear off in a year that's such a waste if there's someone watching this and they're a young girl and they love their fashion halls but most young women also do want to be environmentally conscious. Most young people, they do. So on one hand, they've got, I want to save the environment. On the other hand, they love their fashion halls. And I'd like to think they'd make more environmentally conscious choices, but they're worried it's going to cost more. They're worried that they can't get their favorite celebrity what they wore because, you know, they've maybe started a fast fashion label. So with all that sort of, oh, I want to, but I can't, or I want to, but it's too expensive. Is there any words of wisdom you could give to someone like that who does want to make a more environmentally and more people conscious choice? Because a lot of those brands also don't pay their employees what they're worth. True. What, what piece of advice would you have for someone who wants to make a better choice, but just needs a little bit of encouragement? I'd say um, look at clothing as an investment. I know uh, sustainable clothing sometimes is expensive, but the wear that you get out of it, that might be like one sustainable shirt might be five fast fashion shirts when you look mm. at the wear and how many times you're gonna wear it. So how you're gonna love it. 
So if you buy something sustainable, it's an investment because it'll last you way longer and eventually it'll be cheaper if you look at it like that. And as to um, the, the persons you look up to, they probably don't wear fast fashion in real life. Um, the, fast, the fast fashion hauls, uh, they'll just show you and after that they'll put on their designer clothing or their, their own favorite clothing. And so really try to see through that and probably on camera they'll adjust some parts, they put some clips in the clothes so that it fits really well. So it's not really representative of the truth and try to see through that and try to remain with yourself and what you like and not what someone else likes. Cause that's, I think the most important cause that's what's gonna give you that timeless look if you buy clothes that suit you, not the other person. 100%. Mm -hmm. um, okay, so you're in the middle of Miss Earth, the competition has begun is about to begin with you guys with everything you need to film it's definitely begun yeah how how has everything been over the last i don't know month or so because i can only imagine it's been manic the stories that i've heard from the other miss earths what they're doing and the footage they're having to film the photo shoots all of that it's been very very busy so how has your life been over the last couple of months or so well um well, let's first look back at last year because uh, that was when I was at home. Um, I'm a student, so I was, I was just sitting behind my computer and I was starting to lose, let's say I was starting to lose my spark. I needed something in life to really enjoy because I enjoy being around people and working on concepts together. So I was really not in a good place. And then this whole pageant story started and I've never felt more alive, let's say. Um, so yeah. these hectic months um, where I have to do all these shoots and do all this filming, to me, that's so fun. And I've enjoyed every second of it because I was, I needed this so much. Um, so it, it, of course, it's hectic. And I've, I've been all, everywhere in the Netherlands filming this, filming that, but it's just so much fun. And I'm enjoying every second of it. So to me, it, it, I don't, I don't even, I don't even feel tired or exhausted because it's, it's just so fun. <laughs> was how was lockdown for you? I, I don't know what lockdown was like in the Netherlands or COVID was like in the Netherlands. Did you struggle to get through it? I mean, you said you lost your spark. Were you struggling with COVID, or was lockdown okay for you? The thing is, because I study international, my friends are all from foreign countries. So when lockdown started, most of them went back to their own country. And um, so I was at home and I really didn't have much contact with people. And that's, I don't, it, it just really made me sad. And mm -hmm. um, I really had to um, regain what I like. And I really had to learn myself teach myself um, how I can do fun stuff and um, in, in a different life because you have a different life yeah. when you're at home and you do yeah. everything from home. So I really had to teach myself, okay, today we're gonna do this and we're gonna go outside and we're gonna do a walk and we're gonna do something fun. So um, eventually I regained myself and um, 
I, I became a I became a more grown person because of it. I, it really taught me so much about myself, and I really had to go through that. We all had to. Um, yeah. If you go in quarantine, it's like you're put under a loop. So everything that uh, yeah. is going on inside your mind, it's some somehow magnified. So um, we all have these little things already in there, but because of COVID, we got an opportunity to learn from it and to grow from it. And I really did in the most beautiful way. So right now I, I look back to it and I, I think it, it was tough, of course, for everyone mm. because it's, it was such a difficult time. It was scary because of the, the sickness, but it was also scary because we were at home and we were alone. But I learned to be alone, and I think I'm, I'm really proud of that. It sounds like, I mean, COVID was horrible, but it sounds like you learned a lot of important lessons during yes. it. Yes, 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 I did. Okay, I need to ask you about the Netherlands, because as I said, mm -hmm. you are my first Dutch interviewee, and all I have is stereotypes in my head. <laughs> so I need to ask you about them and you, you need to tell me whether they're true or not. All right, yes. so the first three that come up in my mind, bikes, number one, bikes, number two, windmills, and number three, tulips. So one, two, three. So let's start with bikes. Bikes, yes <laughs> okay. or no? Does everyone really ride bikes everywhere? Everyone rides bikes. Everyone, that's, that's like... That stereotype is 100% true. Everyone rides bikes. Um, we even, I, I started riding a bike when I was like four years old. Uh, I biked everywhere, uh, to school, um, to the grocery store, everything. And um, the thing is, we, we even have special paths in the, um, <laughs> next yep. to the road for bikes and everything yep. is really adapted all our infrastructure is adapted to bikes it's so funny um and to me it's so natural like if people from foreign countries talk to me like oh you ride bikes i'm like, I'm like yes mm. of course don't don't you it's so it's so weird <laughs> that other people don't <laughs> uh, but no i really like it uh it clears my mind um it's it's a good workout and um no matter the weather everyone here will ride bikes i mean if you know the netherlands you know that it's going to be raining most times of the year it's going to be cold and everyone's still outside riding bikes <laughs> i don't know as someone from australia i don't know how much fun that sounds like in 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 australia we do we certainly don't bike that much but what happens here is that on the weekends like on saturday or sunday you'll see a lot of these people come out and start cycling like for exercise but i need to ask in the netherlands see, here in australia when they bike they wear talking about fast fashion they wear all this horrible i don't know if you know lycra but like skin tight bike shorts in horrible colors and you see like it's just way too tight and you see things you don't want to see also most of them their legs are gigantic because they bike everywhere so is that in the Netherlands as well, like horrible lycra shorts, bike shorts, and like everyone's got really big legs because you bike everywhere? <laughs> well, the thing is, um, in most countries, people bike for sport. We bike for transport. So if we bike, we just wear regular clothes. We just use the bike to get somewhere. So um, 
I will just be in this be in this outfit and bike to I don't know to town. Um, so we don't really have those biking uniforms. Thank thankfully. Okay. <laughs> that, that, that's definitely a good thing. When you let's say when you ride your bike to the store, do you lock it up somewhere? Do you park it somewhere? How does that work? Oh yes, uh, yes. We have these special parking spaces everywhere in town for bikes, and so you have a lock, or you use like one of those chains, and you adjust it to the little poles they have there for the yep. bike. So okay. you can you can park your bike basically everywhere. Okay. All right. If I was to visit the Netherlands, am I able to mm -hmm. hire a bike, or do I have to buy my own? You can hire a bike, um, especially in most cities. There is always an opportunity to hire a bike. That um, there's so many companies doing it, so you have plenty of choice. Okay, that sounds like a very healthy holiday. Then I won't drive yeah. anywhere. I'll just be biking everywhere. Exactly. Okay. Stereotype number two: windmills. Is that a stereotype, or is it true? You are the land of windmills. It. it, it it's actually true. It's um, <laughs> we the, the, those windmills you usually see on pictures. We still have them, but they're not really used anymore. They're just here yeah. in the country to look at. But we also yeah. have uh, more technological windmills, and they're everywhere. They're huge, and they're, they're those really big, wide windmills um, yeah. that are kind of scary when you look above. You 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 kind of feel you feel so small when you look at it. But yeah. uh, there's you don't want that's it to fall on you. No, exactly. That that's how I always feel. Um, but they're they're real and um, they're here. <laughs> okay. Final stereotype. I don't know if this is true true or not. Tulips. Is tulips. the Netherlands full of tulips? Mm, okay, so we have tulips, but we do have many other fields with different plants. Uh, tulips, but they are they are. The, the flower of our country. So you'll definitely find them here and in stores, but uh, especially because I live in the suburbs and um, around me, there's a lot of, uh, there, there are a lot of fields with flowers or other plants. So I get to see not only tulips, but other plants as well. So to me, that stereotype is not really true, but it's still, you can still find it everywhere. Okay, so it's yeah. kind of true, but not really. Kind of. Okay. Yes, yes. But and most, most and, tourists. Bikes and windmills, but, definitely. Yeah, so bikes and yeah. windmills, definitely true. Windmills, definitely. Uh, tulips, kind of, maybe. Um, the other thing I wanted to ask you is because I watched your Miss Earth live and you talked about your sweet tooth. Dutch food. Yeah. And I think you were Dutch talking food. about pancakes. So what, what are the... Dutch foods that you wouldn't get anywhere else? Mm, okay, so talking about sweets, you wouldn't get a stroopwafel anywhere else, um, which is a stroopwafel. I actually okay. like this, like, try to pronounce it, try to. <laughs> a stroopwafel. Did you say stroopwafel? Are you saying yeah. stroopwafel? Like, as yeah, in a waffle? basically. Stroopwafel, okay. Waffle. Yes. Okay. <laughs> okay. So <laughs> a stroke waffle is uh, basically a a really thin waffle that's more um, hard, so more like a cookie. And in between, we have oh. um, yep. we have a sort of a caramel sauce, 
and uh, it's, it's best when eaten warm. Um, I've and had I these usually before. you've had those. Okay, great. I have, yes, I know exactly they're what good, you're talking right? about, and they're they're not healthy for you, but they are no. really really good. <laughs> they're really good. <laughs> yes, and um, I usually get them at my local market because they have them fresh, and they yeah. have them really big, so you have like this big of a cookie. Uh, ours were only this big. Yes, oh. yes. You have the, the smaller size and, you, and on the yeah. markets, on the fairs, you get the really big ones. And those are just heaven. Um, they're so bad for you, but they're so good. It's um, it's soul food. <laughs> and uh, it's soul food for me. It's good for my soul. Now I know why That's... you guys have to bike everywhere. If you didn't bike everywhere, <laughs> you wouldn't be working off your strobe waffles. Yes. Exactly. Um, and what else do we have? I think because uh, winter and, and fall is starting here, we have uh, olibola. I don't know if you've heard of those. No, I don't think so. They're usually around this time. That's when the the, the little markets start with olibola. And it's just fried dough balls uh, with powdered sugar. Like donuts. Sounds like donuts. Kind of like donuts. Kind of like donuts. Okay. So uh, we we eat those during New Year, during Christmas. Um, it's a really Dutch thing, but maybe it, they're kind of like donuts. So other countries have it as well, kind of, but not, but the, same. not the same. <laughs> no. Yeah, I knew I knew where that was going to go. Just out of interest, are there any Dutch foods that are healthy? Well, I mean, they all sound delicious, but very unhealthy. Are there any <laughs> healthy Dutch foods? Um, yes, there are. Um, if, if we're not looking at sweet stuff, um, I think like a typical Dutch dish is boerikool. And it's just, <sighs> have you heard of that? It's it's just potatoes and um, some sort of Dutch lettuce, uh, kind of like a cabbage. And they just put it all in one, and it's um, it, it's it's lovely during winter months. It's not really that flavory, but you eat it with mustard and a sausage. Um, it, okay. It's just really good. It, it it feels like home when I eat it. When I get home from a long day, that's that's the best thing. Okay, so if you were to die tomorrow, and you had one <laughs> last meal, what what would your meal be? What's your favorite? Last meal on earth. Well, Budokol isn't my favorite. Um, <laughs> I'm more of, um, I, I really like uh, foreign foods. So maybe my last meal would be a good bowl of noodle soup. Uh, probably Korean. I really like Korean. Um, <laughs> I did not expect that. Answer. I had Korean, I had ramen today. So. Yes, I, I love that. Um, I, I make it myself. Um, I also try to make kimchi myself, but that's really hard. And I haven't really. I had kimchi ramen to today. The ramen oh, I had really? was kimchi ramen. Yes. It's so good. <laughs> I, I love I love the flavors of it. Um, but I think that would be the, the last thing I eat. But as a dessert, okay. I would definitely eat a, a strobaffle. For sure. <laughs> All right, you're doing your you're doing your patriotic duty. If you like kimchi, yes. you must be okay with spicy food then. True, true. I um, I love spicy food. I I feel like it almost makes the whole meal elevate itself. So every flavor 
is heightened by by the spice somehow. Um, yeah. But it's it's mostly because of my dad. Um, he is a cook and he has um, had cooking lessons in Thailand, and um, so he's really good. Uh. He almost makes he he makes so much Thai food. So uh, that's really where it went wrong. Uh, <laughs> I'm not. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, brown or right, it's it's more the way you see it. But that that's when I uh, started to eat spicy food. You so mm -hmm. your mum could make you any dress you want. Your yes. dad could make you any food you want. I mean, yes. I'm, I'm jealous of this. You sound like you had the perfect childhood. Any food you want, your mm -hmm. dad can cook. Any outfit you want, your mum can make. Yeah, well, that sounds I, I pretty did. good. Yeah, I did have a really happy childhood. Um, uh, I gr I grew up in the most loving home. I have three brothers, um, which I all love dearly. We never had a fight, and uh, my family is really adventurous. So we also we used to go on these really long trips um, to anywhere in the world, and we just venture into mm. nature. And um, so I I've seen everything, and uh, with this family that's so loving. So yeah, I'm really happy that I got to live in this environment. Yeah, it's nice. It's nice to hear that because a lot of families these days are, are not as happy. Um, who who's the funniest <laughs> brother? Um, d definitely, definitely my biggest brother. Uh, his name is Jonathan. He's 22 years old, and uh, he's just a comedian in the house. And I always try to like take little videos of him because I just. I just want him to see how funny he is. Um, he's just, I, I don't know. I, I really hope he sometimes he is gonna do something with it. But right now he's just our own private comedian. Uh, okay. <laughs> yes. Who's the cleverest brother? <clears throat> Oof, um, my smallest brother. He is so smart. He's, uh, he's currently in his first year of high school and he is doing amazing but if you talk to him he's really quiet but mm -hmm. any everything he says it's just it's like you're talking to an oracle he every everything is so <laughs> yeah it's so it's so true and um it's it's just so funny because you never expect that from a 12, 12 year old boy so uh people are always shocked with how smart he is yeah. who's the most annoying brother <laughs> um yeah my oldest brother, <laughs> oldest brother. so well, the funny is... one is also the most annoying one yes yes because sometimes he's funny when you don't want him to be so um <laughs> that's when he gets annoying okay all right sounds like good fun sounds like a lovely family um, Satya, just before we get to the final 10 questions is there anyone that you'd like to give a shout out to or say thanks for supporting you along your journey? I would actually like to give a shout out to Tessa because Tessa, mm -hmm. she has been, she's been helping me um, through this journey towards Miss Earth and she has been Miss Earth last year. And I just, that woman has so much love in her heart. And every time you talk to her, you just feel so empowered. And uh, I'm just really happy to have her on my journey. And so I really want to thank her with this opportunity. Uh, hi, Tessa, I hope you're watching. I love you and <laughs> I'll see you soon. And she has she taken over, I was just looking before, is, she, is it the presidency of yes, yes. Miss 
Right. Yes, okay. Miss Beauty of the Netherlands, so also Miss Earth of the Netherlands. She has taken over um, the, 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 the company, I guess you could call it, yeah. and she will yeah. be organizing it from now on. And she's doing an amazing job. Yeah, it's it's always good when your director is someone who's actually competed in pageants as well because they know exactly what you're like, what the stress is like, what to do when things go wrong, who to talk to, and they're yeah. there for when you just break down and start crying as well. So it's yes. it's good for all, all those situations. All the all behind right. the scenes. Yeah, all that stuff that we don't see. Uh, final 10 questions finish every interview with these you don't need to answer them quickly but if you want to you can so okay. question number one what is your favorite word mm, sunshine i think sunshine yes because it just gives me so much joy and um warmth and if you if you even say the word you feel like this is warmth inside your heart so uh, I really tend to uh, look towards the sun. So I think sunshine. Question two, what is your least favorite word? Um, I'd say, I always tend to look in colors. I, I, I immediately go to darker colors, but I'd say um, judgmental. Um, mm -hmm. I feel like there are so many layers to people and for someone to just um, immediately say something about a person, that's so wrong. And uh, I really hope for people to look at other people in a more open way and look through all those layers instead of saying, oh, you're like that and you're like that, because that's just such a waste of potential, I think. Question three, in life, what gets you excited or what turns you on? Oh, what gets me excited? That's definitely working out an idea. Uh, I'm really creative and I love to uh, make stuff. Uh, if it isn't uh, sewing, it's painting, it's drawing, it's a look that I'm creating or it's people that I'm helping creating something. So um, I think the keyword here is creating. I love creating and I love to be in that process. And once you get it started, you get this adrenaline like, oh, yes, we're going to do that. And we're going to put that in there. And uh, it's just so much fun. Question four, what turns you off? Oof. Um, what turns me off would probably be uh, the, the opposite of enthusiasm. Um, laziness yes i think so because if you're in that process of creating something the last thing you want is for someone to not put everything in there or not mm -hmm. really spark that have that spark so um if i don't have that spark or if, if someone else doesn't have that spark the whole process to me it's just it just turns me off question five what sound or noise do you love I love the sound of rain. Um, I don't know if it's because I'm in the Netherlands, but I just it just calms me down and rain smells amazing. I don't know if you've ever had a, a, put your attention to that, but it just smells amazing. And if I 
if I sleep with rain outside, I sleep amazing. So I love the sound of rain. I do love the sound of rain and the smell of rain, but I used to do a lot of tennis coaching. So normally rain wasn't so good for my career. <laughs> Let's just put it that way. Yes. Um, moving on, what sound or noise do you hate? Oof. Um, I hate... Um, I, I think... It's not necessarily hate, but I really don't like silence. Um, I love to have, yeah, I love to have music in the background or rain in the background. And if it's so quiet, I, I don't know. It's, it's just kind of, I, I don't really like that. I, I like to have <laughs> sounds around me. So <laughs> okay. silence. Okay. All right. Um, question seven. If you could have any one superpower, what would you pick and why? Definitely flying um like a, a, any superhero probably f flies but i i love <laughs> I, I love the idea to fly and um i, I don't know look from everything from above because we never really mm. get to do that unless we're in an airplane and then you don't even really see everything um yeah. but i'd love to be able to do that what job or occupation other than your own would you most like to attempt um, I think because I was a ballet dancer for uh, quite a time, I think uh, I would love to um, be in the shoes of a ballerina, uh, if, if not, uh, if I weren't in this path, but uh, dancing would be so much fun to do. Question nine, what job would you definitely not like to attempt? Oh, um, what would I not like to attend? Hmm. I think if I were in a position where I don't have to have uh, a creative input, where I just mm -hmm. say yes to whatever is asked. So not really a specific type of job, but if I do not ha have the opportunity to put my own mark on something, um, I wouldn't. I wouldn't like to do that. <laughs> yeah. Final question: If heaven exists. What would you like to hear God say when you arrive at the pearly gates? That's a beautiful question. Um, if heaven exists, what I would like to hear God say, maybe um, that it's all going to be okay for those that I left behind. Um, because I don't know if you um, if you leave this world, world you, you know that you're going to leave a lot of people behind. So I really mm. want to know that they're in good hands. Beautiful. Well, Satya, that's about it. Thank you so yes. much for your time. Well, thank you. I, I, I had so much fun. Uh, me too. I learned a lot about Holland, uh, the Netherlands today, yes. including bikes <laughs> and all, all, your, all your food. That sounds delicious, but just sounds like it's going to be very, very unhealthy. And um, best of luck for the remainder of the competition. I'll definitely well, be following you, so you with interest. Thank um, you. I'll keep I'll keep you on the line, as I said, just for a second, whilst I hang up with the audience. A thanks to everyone for watching, whether it's live or on the replay, and we'll speak to you next time. Bye for now. Thanks for watching. Pageant Sorority Access opens up on Monday, the first of November. To get early access, head to thepageantsorority.com. 
and enter your email address. Hope to see you there and see you next time.